Now the rain is gone. Hello. Hello. Is that how we're starting the podcast? I can see clearly. We start the podcast I can't, I can't however it starts. You know how I can see right now? I see smoke in the air and it's dangerous out there. <laughs> I see fire and I see rain. Oh, God, no. That's your... <laughs> Who knew that uh, James Taylor was uh, predicting the apocalypse for us in 2020? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no rain yet, though, so not there. Anyway, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. We had ants in our sink, so that's bothering me. Uh, well, but we're handling it's, it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, also, the welcome, smoke is annoying. Welcome back to Magical Theory. Prof Lynette was like, I'm taking a month off. <laughs> but now we're back. Fine with me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a smoky month. Yeah, it's been I feel a hot like month. This is the first Sunday that I've, I mean, it. I still feel it like the smokiness in my throat or like breathing in, but it's the first Sunday that I feel like I'm not exhausted or have a headache or. Hey. Yeah. Since school started? <laughs> Since school This started. is great news. Oh, yeah. I guess it, it must have been like the prep up to school and then school starting. And I still have to record for one of my asynchronous classes, but mm. I, I've taught this class before, so I'm not like super This is great news. It. I'm yeah. very happy to hear this. Thanks. Yeah. I'm happy too. Uh, do you just want to dive in? It's been a little while. Yeah. I, feel like... I had to glance at the last couple of pages to remind myself that we left off with the, the fat lady being attacked and that was where we left off and now we're in a new chapter so you can you can start us off oh wait oh yeah okay one's One's ready ready. (laughs) uh turn to page 162 grim defeat today's lesson is called nowhere to be found uh brief synopsis the chapter begins with the lockdown of the school as the search for serious black commences Harry overhears Snape accusing someone of helping Black from inside Hogwarts while Dumbledore dismisses him. The Gryffindors prepare for Quidditch while McGee worries about Harry's safety. Sir Cadigan has taken over guarding the common room and everyone is on alert for Sirius Black. Lupin is suddenly absent from teaching and Professor Snape takes over and belittles the quality of their education. Finally, the Quidditch match against Hufflepuff begins, and in inclement weather, Harry is attacked by Dementors while pursuing the snitch. He passes out and wakes up to find that Gryffindor have lost their match. This is a completely random note, but um, we've had like a trivia question these past couple of times Mm. uh, about Hannah Abbott and which house (laughs) she's in. And in this chapter, it mentions Hannah Abbott is in Hufflepuff. I don't know what point that serves this chapter, but it made me wonder if there was a reference to Hannah Abbott being in Hufflepuff in book two, because obviously we know that she's sorted into Hufflepuff. You're telling me it's an Easter egg I feel, that Hannah Abbott is I feel Abbott like it in. must be. I don't know. I want to Huff, search for uh, it. Hannah Abbott, Hufflepuff, Hufflepuff student. student. <laughs> also, we've uh, now heard about Cedric Diggory. Oh, mm. and how the girls think he's dreamy. Mm. <laughs> The handsome one. And Oliver just gets real pissed about that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, this is a serious business, people. Seriously. <laughs> and uh, Fred or George is like, okay, this is, we, it is serious. We, we are taking this seriously. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. 
Um, where do you want to start? I have no idea where to start. So there's, um, I started my notes thinking about Hermione. Uh, Hermione pops mm-hmm. up in a relatable fashion to me in this chapter a lot. And so the beginning is like everyone's spouting their theories about how Sirius Black could have gotten into Hogwarts or, you know, crossed into the school. And uh, so everyone's like spouting their theories and she's just like, has anyone read Hogwarts a history? And it, it just made me laugh a lot because it reminds me of uh, current you can't dynamics. just separate in here. Well, current dynamics where people just basically say what they want and it doesn't matter what they say. And they're just like, oh, maybe he did this. And Hermione's like, okay, clearly nobody read anything. And Come it's on. just, yeah, it just yeah. made me laugh a lot <clears throat> of uh, yeah. her, you know, having to inform. And uh, also along those lines of Hermione knowing stuff that people don't know. Snape is real bad in this chapter. Like, he's I, unnecessary. I mean, most of the time, Snape is just unnecessary in the ways that he interacts with children. But um, she's just trying to help. She's just trying to, like, get answers out. And uh, he's just, and he's just like, deducting I was merely away. commenting on the disorganization. So, like... <laughs> says that at some point. Did this happen before? I, I'm trying to remember if this happened in potions class because I had massive deja vu where I was like, what is this? Like, what is, like, he's all mad because people are critiquing his quote-unquote teaching style. And I'm like, but you're not doing anything. You're just, like, complaining and going off. And people are trying to contribute and participate in the learning process. And you're like, oh, Hermione, you get points taken away because you just have to know everything. Yeah, I actually think in general the the movies do a big disservice mm-hmm. to this because I think they they portray Snape in a comedic light very mm-hmm. frequently. I think they were uncomfortable with how abusive he is. He's very abusive. Yeah, he's terrible. Yeah. So like, and the- I actually think it it. Uh, accounts for some of why fans like snape yeah and think he's redeemed because they think oh it's you know he's like he's got their best interest in heart like just focus and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no 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 yeah so like the famous line of turn to page 394 is in this chapter that's what i'm thinking about right because it's supposed to be like a comedy thing right yeah yeah no but then like ron's going really slow and that's not how it goes at all he's like verbally berating them and just finally like okay Turn to page 394. Um, I loved, though, so there's this one paragraph where he, so Snape calls Hermione an insufferable know-it-all, mm-hmm. which I believe also comes out in the movie, but not in the same context because we don't see all these like other little things that happen. Um, and it says, Hermione went very red, put down her hand, and stared at the floor with her eyes full of tears. It was a mark of how much the class loathed Snape that they were all glaring at him because every one of them had called Hermione a know-it-all at least once. And Ron, who told Hermione she was a know-it-all at least twice a week, said loudly, you asked us a question and she knows the answer. Why ask if you don't want to be told? And I love Ron in that moment, moment even though he just straight up gets attention. But, like, come on. He's saying what everyone's thinking. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, Hermione in and of herself is such a such a sad reflection of how people treat people who know things. <laughs> yeah, what made me sad in this instance, though... How frequently is she wrong? Almost never. 
She but actually knows. In this knows. instance, though, it's not her like trying to like please the teacher or show off. She's literally doing this, and this is why it was relatable to me: is that she's literally doing this as a like form of not necessarily sacrifice, but like she's trying to help everyone out because she doesn't want people to be in trouble. She doesn't want this like nonsense nonsense to keep going on where Snape is like commenting on Lupin. I don't think she knows that she's making it worse, but she's just trying to help. And it's not, or the way I was reading it, it's not in service of There's herself. nothing to help because Snape yeah. has the biggest axe to grind and mm-hmm. he's never going to not do it. Yeah. Snape is such a child. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm in this moment frustrated with the fact that I've ever heard people apologize for Snape because he just, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't buy it, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to discount the things that he does that are good, but I'm not going to ignore that he's absolutely horrible Yeah, in just about every scene. I, I have a question for this chapter and for people who are listening or watching. What do you think Ron called Snape in the bleeped out sentence? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you know what that blank is making me do? Difficult to say. Use your imaginations. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up is about Quidditch, which I'm sure you probably... Did some research into it. A little bit, yeah. I mean, so I was, like, caught off guard by the timeout. I was, um, like, just thinking about the rules and how it actually works and Mm. whatnot. So I looked up some rules. Yeah. Not the fouls, because there's, like, a ton of way to foul, but, like, just kind of the baseline rules. Also, I read some history of Quidditch, which was really quite fun. Yeah. But... I didn't put all that in here. So uh, let's see. In 1750, the British Ministry of Magic set down official rules for the game of Quidditch. Players must not stray over the boundary lines of the pitch, although they may fly as high as desired. The quaffle must be surrendered to the opposition if any player leaves the boundary. Uh, It is unknown what the penalty is if a player on defense leaves the pitch. I feel like we read some of these in the first book when Harry joins the Quidditch Well, team. I've forgotten, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> bear me up. Uh, timeout may be called at any time by the captain of a team. Timeout may be extended to two hours if a game has already lasted for more than 12 hours. Mm-hmm. A failure to return to the pitch after the time uh, will lead to the team being disqualified. Penalties can be awarded to teams by the referee. A single chaser may take the penalty by flying from the central circle toward the scoring area. The opposing team's keeper may attempt to stop the shot being scored, but all other players must not interfere. It is unknown if the seeker may still attempt to catch the snitch while a penalty is being attempted. Contact is allowed, but a player may not seize hold of another player's broomstick or any part of their anatomy. No substitution of players is allowed throughout the game, even if a player is too injured or tired to continue to play. According to the Goblet of Fire, book still yet to come, during the Quidditch World Cup at some point it lasted for days, and the players had to be switched out so that they could sleep. Which is hilarious. Uh, This is a relevant one. Players may take their wands onto the pitch, but they must not be used on or against any players, any players' broomsticks, the referee, any of the four balls, or the spectators. So what Hermione does to the glasses is seemingly not against the rules. That was one of my questions. What is legal magic to use for Quidditch matches? And so my reasoning was, 
it doesn't seem that something like using impervious on the glasses is cheating because I mean first of all Harry could have worn contacts or something else of it, it was just for him to see it wasn't like to make him a better I mean I guess you could perform better if you could see actually rather mm -hmm. than just being blinded by everything I, the, the other question I had although I didn't find much online and I don't know if you found more was uh, when when is a Quidditch match canceled I only saw one instance, and it was from book two in Chamber of Secrets, and it was after Hermione and uh, mm. Penelope mm. were petrified, and then they canceled a Quidditch match, but yeah. otherwise, and that's why Harry's kind of like, yeah, it's not going to get canceled, even though it's crazy weather outside mm -hmm. right now. Couple more? Yeah. Okay. Uh, a game of Quidditch will only end once the Golden Snitch has been caught. Or at the mutual consent of both team captains, mm -hmm. which I found really interesting. Only the keeper can block quaffle shots thrown by the opposing team. Is Cedric the captain as well, or is he just I'm not, I don't think seeker? so. I'm not sure. Mm. He might be. Uh, an amendment to the rules of Quidditch in 1849 determined that if a member of the crowd cast any spell on a player, their team would automatically forfeit the match whether or not the team ordered or approved of the magic performed. A comment, because this was my first thought as well, is that it's not clear how this is enforced, though, as taken literally, the rule would make it very easy to sabotage an opposing team. Well, I was just thinking about Quirrell. Like, Quirrell's not rooting for his, uh, any team. He's just right. trying to kill Harry Potter. <laughs> right. like, well, when... you'd have to know that magic is being cast, I suppose. yeah. I mean, I feel like that was so there's there's a lot of questions that I have about the wizarding world, which I I feel like um, if you had magic, then you probably wouldn't use it all the time. I don't know, because I was thinking like they are magical people. They can just like, I don't know, cast like a little invisible umbrella over the stadium so yeah we have pouring, roof you know? stadiums well because i i would imagine that you probably wouldn't want an enclosed arena for a quidditch stadium but at the same time like um in terms of protecting from weather or whatever or dealing with it like th then my mind was like well couldn't they do stuff with the weather yeah, I, I love the know. idea of the snitch, like the game starting, and the snitch, like if nobody saw it, it just flew straight up forever. Mm. Would they ever find it, you know? Or is there some kind of spherical top or something? But yeah, that's all I have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Quidditch is fine. I feel like it's it's always a bit of a plot device, right? So like you have the Dementors here. Well, I mean, speaking of, I thought that Grim Defeat was a perfect title for this chapter mm -hmm. uh, just because, and I don't know, I, I don't know. I feel like as I'm reflecting on these chapters, they feel dark to me from like a like a literal, um, it's, just, it's just like a subtle mm. depression, I guess, like for lack of a better word, and um, which I think fits with this idea of the Dementors and things are just kind of like, low and we're talking about the grim over and over and but nothing really has grim happened folly. nothing has happened mm -hmm. but it just has that like lingering in the background where it just feels dark it just feels kind of solemn i guess is like maybe another word yeah i mean well i guess like serious kind of casts a pall but also lupin's absence is really noteworthy i mean obviously it's pointed out in the chapter but it's just kind of like 
he he starts off like so good and things are going well and then all of a sudden he's gone and it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. replaced by snape which is always a mood swing <laughs> yeah I don't know. The Dementors are really just kind of like taking over. And Dumbledore is mad. He is mad about He's the very Dementors. Mad. I want to know Looks what Looks like he, he said. cast Arresto Momentum. Arresto and he Momentum. also cast Expecto Patronum, which it seems well, like it we'll learn. Well, it was interesting that... Okay. It was interesting, though, that the kids were all like... Unless they were also... Everyone was just deeply affected by the Dementors. They were all just like, oh, Harry, you fell like 50 feet. We thought you were dead. I don't think they were affected by them very much, no. Because my view of it was that he was pretty high up. Yeah, and also, I guess, the point of uh, going back to the the cart where um, Harry was more affected. Harry and Ginny were more affected than the other Right, because Cedric is not as affected as Harry, despite being quite near him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was not. Well, I'll take this. I was going to say I was not a big fan of this, like, you see the grim in the clouds thing. But I but I, I like it from this perspective. If, like, it's, it's, it's like any cloud vision or whatever where, like, you just make it, fe- whatever you're feeling is you project it onto it. Like, oh, look at that cloud. Like, it looks like death, you know. So it's kind of a... Uh, it's kind of an interesting thing, right? Because like this kind of goes back to Trelawney and divination in general of how much is projection and how much is actual magic here. Like the fact that somebody could predict things versus somebody could just like project. Yeah, with Harry it's a little complicated because um, he is obviously being affected by something because this is another time where he's hearing the screaming and he's kind of like, and and there's more. You see, like a little bit more from this scene, right. and uh, he's just kind of his reaction is like, I need to save her. And immediately, what I thought, I immediately thought about Jenny because he literally just had this last year right. with the Chamber of Secrets, and it was this wild adventure, and he had to save his friend, and it, and she was like taken and trapped, and so that's where my mind went. And uh, for Harry, like the Grim, even though like. I say I would say yes. There, there's probably projection. Like if if Trelawney didn't do that little uh, teacup thing and said to him like, "Oh, the Grim," I just I think that 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 definitely helps. Like with the connection being strong for him to lean into. Oh, hey, there's there it is again. Or like there's this imagery mm-hmm. and the fact that the, these like things are happening to him and it's real. So it's like a little messy, but it's also uh, I think amplified by that whole reading that we had it is this is an interesting chapter for us to get back into the podcast because it's it's one where like a lot is happening and also not that much is happening where it's like a lot has happened but we don't have any real explanation like oh the dementor is just dementoring and then like Sirius Sirius is missing and Lupin is missing and so like we don't have answers we just have setups here and we'll revisit this later but the fact that Snape's guest teaching was how to spot and kill a werewolf like oh goodness snape you have some issues i mean yeah it's a, it was another one where i was like i wish i could go back mm-hmm. and not know yeah because i can't remember i highly doubt that i recognized at this point what we will learn later well, it's very subtle 
because it's not it's not like we have a lot of details. We just have these like omissions, like right. oh he's he's but getting this uh, also potion, think, or yeah, oh right. he's uh, his not here. His he's not little boggart well. and like yeah yeah right. So I think it's a it's really interesting because now at this point in my life, I feel like if I was reading it for the first time, I would go slower and kind of appreciate especially in these early books that jk rowling is so economical with her word choices like anything she's adding is it's like Ginny all over again where it's like well why is she ta- why is she even talking about like yeah uh why why this lesson right like mm-hmm. snape is not stupid like why this you know yeah and i always appreciate later on though we'll get to it that like one of our characters is like uh yeah you guys didn't figure this one out like right away. <laughs> it's really funny. But oh, man. Um poor Harry though, his broomstick. Yep. Got Okay, first of all. The old Wamper. I know so like I play Hogwarts Mystery as well, so I kind of have this like uh, these different layouts or uh, uh I guess like perspectives of the castle. And so I know where the the like floor flying class is and kind of where the Quidditch pitch area is, but why is the Whomping Willow so close? Like, I just, <laughs> why are you so close? Guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find <laughs> out. But that it made me laugh because I was like, I was just thinking of how close it would have to be for the winds and everything to take it and yeah, hit the Whomping sure. Willow. Sure, I've always thought. Well, yeah, I, but I've always thought that like the broom, the broomstick is magical, so I feel like. That it was still it's flying, already flying, probably. yeah. So yeah, so like it has mo- hmm. this certain magical momentum. I, that's how I play it out in my mind. It's not like it's like, yeah, right there. You're like walking to your. <laughs> that's your what I'm imagining. It's, it's like, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, kids, beware. Just don't touch it. Yeah. Don't don't be afraid. <laughs> the sport is fun. Uh, don't Love worry. It. We have we have dementors everywhere. It's fine. Do you have anything else though? Do I have anything else? No, I don't, I don't have, have anything, anything specific else. now. No, me neither. Yeah. Yeah, so a good one to get back into. We'll see. We're we're like, this is like chapter eight or nine or it's ten nine. something. It's nine. So yeah, the next chapter is the Marauders map. Ooh. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm, very nice. Yeah. So more mystery is more things mm. to come. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. One's, One's ready. ready.